Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Jeremy Kalmanowski, and today we're studying Tractate Eruvin, page 49. It's been a rich but a complicated page, a complicated couple of pages that we've been involved in. And those of you who like the tightly argued, uh, rich, dense sugiot of the Talmud, I hope you've enjoyed this and, and will enjoy this. A few pages ago, uh, in, the, in our conversations about people who, who uh, don't have exactly the same, have overlapping but not identical Shabbat limits, um, can they make, uh, can they make uh, a, a rubin with each other? And the Mishnah raised uh, a statement by Rabbi Shimon that they, they should be able to do this. It's like the case of three abutting courtyards. Let's call them A, B, and C. B is in the middle of A and C. Let's call A to the right and, and C to the left. And Rabbi Shimon, apparently to the disagreement of the, the other sages, says that these groups can make can make an agreement. Even though A and C cannot make a direct agreement with each other, they can each have independent agreements, uh, independent Eruvim with B in the middle, and B can be trusted to uh, operate with both A and C, with and not worry that A and C will 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 interact directly with each other, which neither Rabbi Shimon nor the sages think is a good idea. But Rabbi Shimon, and by the way, the Talmud on, on Amud Bet of our page today will affirm that the law is as according to Rabbi Shimon, says that, so that B can make independent Eruvim with both, with both, uh, A and C. And so this, this leads us to a pretty complicated conversation about different courtyards making Eruvim with different alleyways. And, uh, and in the course of that discussion, something really fascinating comes up, a really important part of rabbinic jurisprudence, and, and that is, you imagine now, let's imagine a courtyard that is uh, set between two different alleyways. It tends to use, let's call it alleyway A, the residents of that alleyway, uh, re- residents of the courtyard tend to use alleyway A, they tend not to use alleyway B. And so imagine that some Arab Shabbat, the people who live on alleyway A, make an Eruv with one another. But the people in the courtyard fail to make an Eruv. Uh, and because they are typically users of alleyway A, it's like some of the members of the courtyard have have resisted, implicitly some of them have resisted and object to the Eruv. And, and if they do that, that will, that will nullify the ability of the residents of alleyway A to make the Eruv, which will make their lives easier on Shabbat. Um, so in that case, uh, our teaching here on 49, 49a, uh, one of the Amoraim, Rabbah, the son of Rav Huna, says in the name of Shmuel, that in that case, where the residents of the courtyard uh, have failed to do their civic duty, so to speak, and join in the Eruv with the, with the residents of alleyway A, we, the, the legal authorities, um, will determine that the courtyard this Shabbat belongs to alleyway B, and we allow alleyway A its own independent existence, its own legal status to make its own its own Eruv, and so the residents can can carry and travel. 
Uh, and they, the Rabbi Barak Hunan and Shmuel make this claim with reference to an important idea in rabbinic law, which is kofin al-midat sedom. Kofin al-midat sedom, which means we use our legal authority to force people not to behave as the res- as did the residents of Sodom. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't 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 mean uh, anything about the biblical story of Sodom and the the case of uh, you know the rape of the ch- of the daughters or the angels, you know whatever goes on in that story. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that Sodom in rabbinic uh, parlance is a ref is a is a reference to somebody's extreme selfishness. Somebody who says, Shali Shali, the Shalach Shalach. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. Don't bother me. I will live my private life. You can live your private life. Uh, and, and we do not have to be responsible for one another. Somebody who is going to behave in that way, um, in another rabbinic phrase, somebody who behaves uh, in a way that's Ze Nehene Vizelo Chaser, that allows that that, that if, if person A, let's call him Ruvain, if Ruvain is going to benefit, and it's not going to cost Shimon anything, Zenehene, Ruvain will benefit. Vizelochaser and Shimon, it won't cost him anything. He's not going to have to suffer anything, and yet he's just being a rotten guy. He's being selfish. He says, "This doesn't concern me. It's not my business. I'm not going to enable you to have a benefit." In in our case of the people in the in the alleyway, uh, the residents of of the courtyard have simply failed. To do a nice thing, um, and and that will you know it's not going to cost them anything, but but it, if if we allow them to act in a selfish way, it'll disrupt the residents of the alleyways' ability to to uh, carry on Shabbat. Um, in such a case, if people are acting in an atomistic, ungenerous, uncivic way, the rabbis are supposed to use the authorities to force them to not behave like those sodomites, and that's a that's a, a, you know, those of you who know Pirkei Avot will, will remember that phrase, that somebody who says, what belongs to me is mine, what belongs to you is yours, leave me alone. That is, according to some people in Pirkei Avot chapter 5, the average way that people are, but to some people, to others, Yeshua and there are those who say that that is Midat Sodom. That is the characteristic of, of the rottenness and the selfishness of Sodom. Uh, one could think a lot about contemporary societies. Uh, I think the Jewish tradition is a highly, highly, highly communitarian one. And American life has many great strengths, but one of its weaknesses is, is an inclination to let people be very isolated and to affirm, hey, you know, you are, you are free to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect other people. In Judaism, we have a wider circle of what affecting other people means. Not only, I, not only am I restricted from swinging my arm if it hits your nose, I'm actively enjoined that I'm supposed to do the things which don't cost me anything, which which are not uh, a great burden on me. I'm actively supposed to do those things um, to enable you to have uh, a richer life. The same thing is, by the way, slightly carried on a little bit further uh, on the next lines of our Talmud, uh, page 49 Aleph. Uh, the Eruv is made, the, the sort of legal uh, vessel through which the agreement, the legal gesture through which the agreement is made is usually by sharing a loaf of bread. The people who live in the courtyard or the people who live in the alleyway are supposed to leave a, a loaf of bread. And the loaf of bread has to remain edible. Um, and so they uh, ask the question, uh, Rav Yehuda in the name of Shmuel, uh, raises the question about 
what if somebody says, I'll let you use the bread as a legal gesture, but nobody can eat the bread. I insist that nobody eat my bread. Does that count as an Eruv or not? Uh, Shmuel says no, because Eruv, which literally means mixing, requires that people actually mix together and take care of each other. You have to be able to eat the bread. Uh, another uh, authority, Rabbi Hanina, comes along and says, no, no, that's, that's actually not technically true. He has a different view of what constitutes uh, what constitutes the Eruv. He says, the Eruv remains valid, but the people who behave that way should be known as the people, uh, the people of a town called Vardina. We don't nowadays make fun of people based on where they come from. We consider that sort of an ethnic slur, but the people of Vardina, they are, Anshe Vardina are stingy, rotten guys. So that's the Eruv of Anshe Vardina. So, uh, so the, the meaning of Eruvim is a legal gesture that evokes shared food and calls upon the residents of towns to note what it is that they're doing uh, to their neighbors. And we require you, five or six times elsewhere in the Talmud, kofin al midat If people are going to act like the, like, the, uh, like the independent, overly focused on privacy, overly focused on their rights, uh, way that the, that the sodomites are imagined to have acted, rabbinic authority is supposed to step in and prevent them from being so selfish. Thanks for studying today's page with me, and I look forward to studying with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.